Praise the Lord. Have you got faith, brothers and sisters? Do you believe in the power of God? Do you believe that God can do miracles? Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in them? Don't, don't fight in your mind with the reality of miracles. Don't fight with it. I'm a man or a woman of science. Okay, be a man or woman of science, but put that over here and believe God does miracles. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's mighty, praise God. Okay, the Gospel of John chapter 15, let's start there. In this very familiar passage of Scripture, and I won't belabor this passage and be tedious about it. It's so familiar to so many of you. John chapter 15, in verse 1, Jesus tells us that he's the vine and his father is the husbandman. And I want to jump to verse 2. It says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. So here, Jesus is using an analogy kind of poetic language to describe the work of the Father and, and our attachment to him so that we could be fruitful. This is very exciting. Now, it includes pruning, and we could interpret that pruning as God correcting us, cutting out of our lives that which is not productive and which saps our strength. It, that's why the, the, uh, the farmers prune their fruit plants. In this case, it's a vine. They prune them to get rid of those parts of the plant that sap the energy of the plant away from bearing fruit. Well, we're going to be corrected. We're going to be changed. The Lord's going to want to cut things out of our lives. But this is exciting. This is fantastic because it enables us to be more fruitful in him. What's better in life than being more fruitful in God? What is better than that? What is the better use of a life? What is the better purpose in life? Hallelujah! To be fruitful for the Lord. Now, this subject and this passage in first in John 15 is related to the effects of the Holy Spirit which I've been sharing about with you I've been sharing with you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the effects of the Holy Spirit Jesus is speaking these words John chapter 15 12 hours maybe less than 12 hours before the crucifixion. He knows the crucifixion is coming. He knows it's going to rattle his followers. And he doesn't want to lose what he started. He started something wonderful, collecting these followers, teaching them sharing the truths of the kingdom of God with them. He's come a long way with them in the three years that he's ministered to them. He doesn't want to lose it. He doesn't want to lose all that he's gained. And so he's trying to teach them how to remain in him, stay in him, not depart from him, not to let go, stay connected. 
Well, that's a very good subject for us because we're in the same position. We want to stay in the Lord so that we are even more fruitful. The last verse, the last phrase of verse 2 is, so that it will be even more fruitful. This is incredible, the thought that Jesus would go to the cross, it would ultimately wind up with him ascending into heaven, leaving them, and he doesn't want this messianic movement that he has started to fall apart when he leaves. Think of the danger when he leaves, that what he has started will fizzle, fizzle out. Wow. He doesn't want that to happen, and so he's teaching them how to stay connected. We've got to pay attention because we're in the same position. And Jesus doesn't give an unpoetical explanation of how this is to happen. He stays within this extended metaphor of the vine and the branches, but we now know what Jesus is talking about. We have the information now given much more of the Bible than only John 15. How, How to put this together? We remain in him and he remains in us by our experience with the Holy Spirit. This is how Jesus remains in us and we remain in him. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about being more fruitful. Being more fruitful in the sense of our fruitfulness of our demeanor, the fruitfulness of our deeds, and the fruitfulness of our disciples. Demeanor, deeds, disciples. In John 15, verse 4, Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch, that's got to be spirit, right? He's got to be talking about spirit because otherwise you can't understand it, how you remain in him and he remains in you at the same time. He's got to be talking spiritually. He's got to be talking spirit here. And he is. He's talking Holy Spirit. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Praise God. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with him, we can bear much fruit. So now Jesus has used the expression in verse 2, it will be even more fruitful. Here he says, it will bear much fruit. We're totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, me, remain in me and I in you. But we realize now that what is actually going on is that it's the Holy Spirit, who is called the Spirit of Christ in the book of Romans. 
the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. So when he remains in us and we remain in him, we remain in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit remains in us and he pushes out fruit from us. John 15, 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The word much is repeated, much fruit. You'll not produce fruit for Christ sparingly. You're not going to cheap out. That's not his will, that's not his desire. That's not your call. You will not stagnate. You, personally, will not fizzle out. You will be on the increase in producing this fruit. Verse 16. I told you I wasn't going to be tedious about going through these verses. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. We've got more fruit, much fruit, lasting fruit. Fruitfulness. With the help of prayer. He says, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Our connection with him is critical. Uh, You should come to the house of the Lord tonight. New Year's Eve, come on, what are you going to do? Come to the house of the Lord. It's a prayer night at Living Word Church. Why wouldn't you want to be in the house of the Lord as 2023 goes out and 2024 comes in praying together with your brothers and sisters that you would have everything necessary to bear fruit for the Lord and give God glory? What a great night to pray. What a heartfelt prayer. God is going to meet us tonight. And God's going to meet us this morning, too. We've got some uh, church meeting left here this morning, okay? Church meeting isn't dismissed yet. I have said, I said it a year ago, I have said that this church's best days are ahead. Not behind, ahead. The best days are ahead. And this morning, I'd like to talk to you about what those days will look like. What do you mean by that? What will they look like? Well, here's a clue. I've read to you from a passage in the Gospel of John from chapter 15. We're going to keep that together as one sense of the word fruit this morning. Now I'm going to read to you some passages from Matthew. I'm going to read them so quickly, I, don't, I really don't think you'll be able to follow me very well. I've already printed them out for myself. But this group of passages about fruit and bearing fruit will keep together as another distinct sense of fruit in a Christian's life. In Matthew 3, 8, John the Baptist said, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. If you've repented and turned away from sin and turned away from your own will to follow God, 
bring forth fruit. John the Baptist said, the axe, this is Matthew 3.10, the axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This fall, I went to a vineyard in order to make a home fellowship video. Uh, for those of you who don't go to home fellowships, I make a, about a five-minute long video for the home fellowships. And they're corny, and they're not professional. They're kind of cheesy and campy, and that's the way, I, that's fine. I, I think they're just fine like that. They don't have to be highly polished. And, um, but I do add special effects and so on, and music, and But I went to a vineyard to do a home fellowship video this fall, and lo and behold, the farmers of that vineyard had a fire going where they were throwing the pruned-off branches at the end of the season and throwing them into the fire. And I go, whoa, there it is. There's the Bible right there in front of me. I can't believe I'm seeing this. It was something. Matthew 7.16 are the words of Jesus. He says, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. Matthew 12.33, Jesus says this, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. And make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. In Matthew 13, 8, Jesus says, Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. In Matthew 21, 43, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Let me call all this bundle of verses the Matthew sense of fruit. I've taken all, these, all that bundle of verses from the Gospel of Matthew, and we could see that In the Gospel of Matthew, when John the Baptist and Jesus are talking about the bringing forth of fruit, they're talking about the conduct. Conduct. John the Baptist is saying, bring forth conduct that is in keeping with your repentance. Change your behavior. This is the sense of fruit in Matthew. We'll distinguish that from the sense of fruit in John, in John 15, and we'll distinguish that from the sense of fruit in Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul. Now you you may think that, well, it's the word fruit and it always means the same thing and it always has the same sense. Well, that is just rather linguistically naive. It's just not the way language works. One word can have many different senses, particularly when you go from one person to another. And so I'm going to talk to you about three senses of fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
And it's described by a list of examples. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, and temperance. There are nine, nine descriptors there. John 5.22, this is in the, I kind of quoted it in the King James. Here it is in the New International Version. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Recently, I talked to you about the phrase, such things. This is not meant to be a complete list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But we do see some common ground in the things that are in this list. They are character traits. They're character, they're qualities of a person's character. Character traits. They refer to a person's demeanor or attitude. These are attitude describers. An attitude of love. An attitude of joy, peace. They sound somewhat like emotions, but I think attitude is a better word for it. Character traits. Uh, Verse 24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So uh, these descriptors of our demeanor, our Christian demeanor, are in contrast to the passions and desires of the flesh. Back to the question. What will our best days look like as a church? If, if our best days as a church are ahead, what will that look like? How will we see it? How will we appreciate what God is doing in our midst? How will we identify it? Fruit, fruit, and fruit. Galatians chapter 5 fruit, the book of Matthew fruit, and John chapter 15 fruit. Fruit, fruit, and fruit. Fruit in three different senses of the word. So I've been saying to you uh, that I want to share with you about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see them listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I've uh, spent quite a bit of attention on the gift of tongues in particular. We have the gifts of the whole, or the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the effects of the Holy Spirit. But the word effects, and I chose it carefully, and I knew I knew that no word choice is perfect. It was going to need explanation. You might say to yourself, fruit of the Holy Spirit, effects of the Holy Spirit, sounds pretty much saying the same thing to me in two different ways. Fruit of the Holy Spirit, effects of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so then let's say it this way. I want to talk to you about fruit, fruit, and fruit. Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fruit according to the Gospel of Matthew and fruit according to John 15. And let me put it this way right up front. 
character. God wants to produce in us character. And if the best days of this church are ahead, it's going to be because God brings forth better quality character from us. Fruit in its second sense, conduct. That's the Matthew sense. Conduct, actions, deeds. Not just attitudes. You know, there's, it's very common among Christians today to think, I've got Jesus, I love Jesus, I accepted Jesus, now I can do anything I want. So we've got Christian fornicators and Christian adulterers and Christian liars and Christian promise breakers and Christian violent, uh, haters and violent people, Christian thugs. Oh, no. No, we don't. No, we don't. Because if we do the works of the flesh, the Bible says, those people will not, make no mistake about it, don't be deceived, those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're out. So we've got to have character traits. That's Galatians chapter 5 fruit. We've got to have conduct, nitty-gritty Actions, practice, deeds, in keeping with our repentance. That's the Gospel of Matthew's sense of fruit. And we've got to have converts. And I will tell you that that is the John 15 sense of fruit. Converts, bringing others to Christ. Three C words. Well, this morning is going to be the morning of synonyms. I hope to give you one set of synonyms. If one set doesn't work, maybe the other set will. Attitudes, actions, acolytes. Acolytes? Well, the Catholic Church has acolytes. They're people that assist the priests in their ceremonial duties. How many of you were acolytes at one time in your life? Yep, Rich Carrier, yes, Sister Julie, I think Rick Ludovico, Mike Iveen. They were acolytes. I don't mean in that sense because the word acolyte has another sense to it. It means a disciple. Okay. We've got to have demeanor. That's Galatians 5. Deeds. That's the Matthew sense of fruit. And disciples. That's the John 15 sense of fruit. Fruit, fruit, and fruit. Fruit of the Holy Spirit and effects of the Holy Spirit. Will it be our best years as a church if we're smiling the most? You know, as a follower of Christ, I have never smiled so much as in these years. These are the best years of the church because we're happiest, because we're the most loving and peaceful and content, because church is the most exciting, provides the best show? Are we to judge the best years of the church by emotion alone? Are the best years of the church to be judged subjectively by the gut, in a sense, just by the gut? That is the prevailing 
way to judge stuff nowadays. People can even say, uh, I'm a man trapped in a woman's body. I'm a woman trapped in a man's body because of what I feel. And what I feel dominates everything. What I feel is my truth. Is that how we're going to identify the best years of the church? By feel? I feel it. I like it. Because we all have a great attitude. Yes. All of that is important. The fruit of the Spirit is is love, joy, peace. Hallelujah. Those things will be on the increase in the best years of the church. There will be a lot of smiling. There will be a lot of joy. There will be a lot of getting along. There will be a lot of affection. Amen? There will be a lot of affection in the church between the members. There will be a lot of support for each other in the church. A lot of great attitude. It will be an attitude percolator. Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is all these attitudes. It's this demeanor. But that's not the sum total of how to judge the best years of the church. The best years of the church will include also conduct, deeds, feats, Feelings, feats, and the third one, followers. Feelings, that's Galatians 5 fruit. Feats, F-E-A-T-S, not multiple. Feats of faith, the deeds, the doings, the workings of faith, feats. And that's Matthew fruit. And followers, that's John 15 fruit. That will be a way to define, to identify, to recognize, appreciate, and thank God for the best years of this church. With better than that to come. Brother Brian, leave me alone. I don't want to be pushed. I don't want to go forward. I don't want progress. I just want to do what I do and leave me alone. Okay, get yourself another pastor. (laughs) Because I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to keep pushing. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord does not only seek to produce in us good attitudes and good character traits. Good character needs to translate into good conduct. This is fruit in a broader sense. And it's really what I have in mind when I talk about the effects of the Holy Spirit. It's fruit in the broader sense broader sense than Galatians chapter 5 uses the word fruit. We're not going to experience our best years until we exhibit our best conduct, our best behavior, our best deeds, our highest feats. Look, come on, we all know it. You got to come up with the goods. 
you got to do stuff. John the Baptist didn't like people messing around. Look, if you're going to repent, where are the, where's the fruit that's in keeping with repentance? Don't talk to me about you've got Abraham for your father. The ax is laid to the root of the tree. If you don't produce good fruit, the tree's coming down. Jesus cursed a fig tree that represented Jerusalem because it, it was fruitless. We'll experience our best years, and that will include the best attitude, the best actions, and acolytes. Character, that's Galatians 5, must become conduct. That's the Gospel of Matthew. Attitudes must uh, manifest as accomplishments. Attitudes, that's Galatians 5. Accomplishments, that's Matthew. Matthew's sense of the word fruit. Disposition must come to the surface as deeds. Disposition, that's Galatians 5 fruit. Deeds, that's Matthew fruit. Gospel of Matthew fruit. Feelings must become feats. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5 is not the fruit in total that will make this church experience its best days. In the last few years, brothers and sisters, in the last four or five years, we have experienced as a church some very significant challenges. We've experienced the challenges that all the churches are experiencing, uh, the challenges of the flesh and the prince of the power of the air, sexual deviance that is widespread, porn that is widespread, the adoration and and idolatry of alcoholic beverages and weed, other substances as well. Pride at a, at a very high uh, uh, value for pride in our society, the worship of pleasure, the freedom and liberty to sin as one desires, independence as to, to a fault, the exaltation, as I already mentioned this morning, of feeling and taste. If I like it, if I feel it, I need to be free to do it and pursue it. We know as Christians we must crucify the sinful passions. Amen? We must crucify the longings of the, and the sinful passions of the flesh. There should be no surprise to any of us that the flesh has strong passions and strong desires associated with it. We must crucify the passions of the flesh. In addition to the things that all churches are battling and actually have battled since there was a church in the first century, we also have the special challenges of living in our 21st century culture, like the shortening of our attention spans. Don't tell me that screens and phones and widespread access to the internet is not shortening the attention spans of our culture. 
of the people in our culture, including you guys. Your attention spans are being shortened. You, you have less and less patience to read something long and to think and dig into something deeply. You want it all turned into a soundbite for you, and if you can't get it in a few seconds, you're ready to turn the channel. It's happening in our culture. The multiplication of voices that are vying for our attention. This is a great challenge to our culture. How is a pastor of a local church going to get the attention of the congregation where the Lord has put them? How do you shepherd people that you know, have, are hearing from so many different shepherds all at once? How do, we, how do we stay together as a body? This is a great challenge, and we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll take on the challenge. I'm not complaining. We've got to do what we've got to do. We've been called to this time. You know, this is like uh, Mordecai said to uh, Esther, you were born for such a time as this. That's all of us, brothers and sisters. We can do God's will. In this time, with these challenges, facing these challenges, it's not time to give up, to quit, to shrink back. It's time to press forward and do the will of God. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. I'm not quitting. We've also had our own special challenges as a, as a church, our local challenges. The, the health decline of Brother Bob, which lasted some years. He was the only lead pastor this church had ever known. Until finally his passing. It's a big challenge for a church. After 50 years, the same lead pastor, the, the pioneering pastor, he, he you know, went through his end-of-life struggles, and we, we saw it, and we recognized it, and then finally he went home to the Lord, praise God for him, but it was a challenge for our church. We had COVID just a a couple years ago, and the temporary shutdown of the church and the school. Another challenge. These challenges came upon us without us asking. They just come. You know, it's just life, right? Political strife and polarization, a challenge to us in our church. Inflation, very, very, uh, uh, you know, high inflation, Put, put stress and a challenge on the church. New leadership for the church. You know, Brother Bob passing on to the Lord means new leadership for the church. Well, it's a challenge. It's, a, it's one of the challenges to us. The social and economic decline of the urban area in the middle of Onondaga County, the city of Syracuse has had an uh, unthinkable and practically tragic decline socially and economically. The replacement of our Friday night services by home fellowships, it's a challenge to our church. Now this this challenge is not something that came upon us, like it or not. This is one we took on ourselves. We have the table food pantry. We're, you know, some of our brethren are carrying the table food pantry on their shoulders and they're kind of like, whoa. Can I, 
can I keep going? This is heavy. Uh, this is challenging. Here, here we have another challenge that we've taken on. We didn't, some of these challenges were not chosen. Some of them were chosen. But they all represent challenges to this church. And each one of these challenges has brought forth both good fruit and immaturity has surfaced. For each one of these, some resistance, some growth. Each one of these has brought forth some resistance and some growth. Many of you are doing things that you did not know you could do. And you didn't know if you were ready for it. And you didn't know, you still don't know how you're going to do it next week, but you're going to do it next week. And this is faith on your part. This is going from, this is having character, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, and going forward into conduct. Matthew's use of the word fruit. What's our church going to look like when it's having its best days? It's going to have the best attitudes, and it's also going to have the best actions. It's going to have the best, better demeanor, and it's also going to have better deeds. Make sense? Is it going to have a bigger building? Ah, who cares? I hope we have a smaller building. I don't know how that's going to happen. Here's a, here's a challenge we took on. Wow, we put this on our shoulders as a church to take care of this building. It's, it's quite, a, quite a thing to take care of. Brother Scott, you're going to keep at the, on the, in the saddle like till you're like 80, right? <laughs> People are doing things they didn't know they could do. People are going to do things they don't know that they can do. They're going to do them. On the other hand, some have quit. On the other hand, some have not even tried. I say as your pastor, let's move forward together. That's going to bring us to the best days of this church. Move forward together. Do the work of the Lord together. Don't, don't divorce yourself and, and stay off to the side and just watch and critique. Get in there and work together. Excellent demeanor, fruit of fruit according to Galatians 5. Excellent deeds, fruit according to Matthew. The irony is, we will not be happy if we are simply left alone. You might think, oh, just leave me alone. I just want to do what I want to do. It's not, it's not true happiness for you. You won't find true happiness there. Being left alone is not the secret to contentment. It's not the secret to happiness. Doing the will of God as a member and part of Christ's body, that's the secret to happiness. Doing God's will, including being an active member in the body of Christ. If we're to experience the best days of our church, we must handle the challenges of the past, the present, and the future. That's okay, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will not leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. 
we have to handle the challenges of past, present, and future. Both those challenges that come upon us, not by our choice, they just come upon us. We didn't ask for them. And the challenges that we take upon us. I mean, did we ever take a challenge upon us as a church when we started Living Word Academy? When we started building this building? When we started the food pantry? When we started Christian Health on Burnett Avenue? When we started Home Fellowships? I mean, we're, we do take on challenges, don't we? And every time we do, fruit will be produced, good actions, good good demeanor, good attitudes, and also immaturity will also come to the surface. That's okay. Immaturity will come to the surface. That's okay because God wants to prune the immaturity to make us more fruitful, to make us bring forth much fruit, and to bring forth fruit that remains. Amen? We are not only called to handle the challenges both those that come upon us unchosen and those that come upon us by choice, we're not only called to handle them with patience. Just be patient. Don't keep patting yourself on the back for being patient. Because God does not only want us to have a good attitude, he also wants us to have good actions. Not only good character, he wants us to have good conduct. Not only good demeanor, he wants us to have good deeds. Not only the right feelings, he wants us to do feats for him of faith. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to take action. He wants you to join the battle. He wants you to join the fight. He doesn't want you to stand off to the side just being patient and tolerant. Attitudes have to become actions. Character has to become conduct. It's not enough to be quiet and endure. We are not going to make the best days of this church happen by standing off to the side, being aloof, but patient. I have joy. I have peace. I have love. I have, I have gentleness. I have I have uh, kindness. I, um, I have the fruit of the Spirit. Well, how about Matthew? Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. You'll know a tree by its fruit. Where's the fruit? Brother Bob used to say, because there was a commercial on TV, where's the beef? I think he used to say that. Was that, was that a Wendy's commercial? Yeah, because the McDonald's Hamburger was like a quarter, size of a quarter. And I think uh, Wendy's uh, was the first one to have actually a, a measurable weight of beef inside the, bur- inside the sandwich. The fruit that will define the best years of this church include attitude. That's Galatians 5 fruit. Actions. That's Matthew fruit and acolytes. That's John 15 fruit. Put it another way. Demeanor, that's Galatians 5. Deeds, that's Matthew. Disciples, that's John 15. Character, conduct, converts. Peculiarity, 
practice. Proteges. I don't want a protege. You don't want a protege? Is that what you're thinking to yourself? I don't want to. Are you thinking to yourself, I don't want a protege? God wants you to have a protege. Maybe more than one. He wants you to mentor people. He wants you to help them. He doesn't want you to only be a receiver. He wants you to be a giver. I'll talk about it a little more. Feelings. Yeah, he wants us to have the feelings. Feats and followers. Are you ready for the best days of this church? That's a good question. Are you ready for the best days of this church? We're like a line of hikers. Everyone in the line is both a follower and a leader. Even the guy at the very front of the line who might not seem like he's a follower, he's following. He's following the trail markers and he's following the map and all of us are following the Bible. Amen? Maybe the guy at the very end of the line doesn't seem like much of a leader. He doesn't, he's, he's got nobody behind him. Who's he leading? Well, I'll tell you, God doesn't want him to stay at the end of the line. He desires us to be the head, not the tail. He desires us to be leaders, not only followers. You might think you don't have time in your life with given the stresses of your life for converts, protégés, followers, disciples. You're probably correct right now. So something's got to go. What's going to go? Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. You know what? The net with which you are trying to net or gather a life for yourself can entangle you more than it entangles the fish. It can entangle you more than it entangles the stuff you're going for. You might have to walk away from it. You might have to get rid of it. You're going to have to get rid of some stuff in order to fulfill John 15 sense of fruit, converts, disciples. Would you think for a minute about the good Samaritan who went on the Jericho Road? Remember, there was a Levite who walked past the wounded man. Then there was a priest who walked past the, the wounded man. And then there was a Samaritan who took care of the wounded man and, and dressed his wounds and brought him to an inn and dished out some money on behalf. And Jesus was teaching us to love our neighbors, right? Well, let me, let me put it this way. You know, you might think, well, if I see a guy that's wounded and in the shoulder of the road, you know, just got run over, beat up, uh, robbed, and so on, I would definitely stop him, help him out. But how many times do you walk past somebody who's brokenhearted, confused in their mind, headed for hell, going to walk over the brink to eternal damnation, and we don't help that person. 
Think of the guy who's wounded and broken on the Jericho Road that the Good Samaritan helped. Think of that guy as the sinner who doesn't know Jesus, who's broken inside. Maybe he's broken outside too, but he's broken inside for sure. He's not working. He's not functioning. He's being left for dead. Can I hear an amen? You have to leave a net to become a fisher of men. Nets are very entangling for their owners. A brother shared wisdom at Home Fellowship last night. Uh, not last night, a uh, Friday night. He said, when, the, when you come to the Lord, give up everything you have to give up. Give it all up, right then, right there. Don't stall, don't wait. Just give it, whatever he wants you to give up, give it up. All of it, right away, without hesitation. Everything the Lord wants you to embrace, embrace it, right away, no hesitation. He said, because if you stall, if you delay, if you hesitate, if you make excuse, you are going to just harden up like glue in that excuse and in that position, and then it is going to be way harder for you to give that thing up because the Lord is not going to leave you alone. He wants you to give it up. He's going to keep after you to give it up. He's going to keep after you to embrace something that you're not embracing now. He's going to keep after you to do it. Just do it. It's easier, he said. It was, it was wisdom that the Lord gave to him. If you start resisting and making excuses, you harden like glue. You get used to not doing what the Lord wants you to do. Will you help bring this church into its best days before Jesus comes again? It's going to take character. That's Galatians 5 fruit. It's going to take conduct. That's Matthew fruit. And it's going to take converts. That's John chapter 15 fruit. Let me explain the John 15 fruit a little bit and close with that. Christ is the vine. We're the branches. Do do the branches have a mission to produce some other different kind of fruit than the vine? If we're talking about a grapevine, what will the branches produce? Grapes. The branch produces the same fruit as the vine produces, right? As the trunk. If the trunk is a grape vine, the branches aren't going to produce pomegranates, plums, persimmons, or pineapples. They're going to produce grapes. The like fruit as the vine. Same DNA. I'm, I'm uh, spoiling my little five-minute home fellowship video that I did out in the vineyard. I'm, I am now spoiling it. Except I actually did eat some of the grapes right off the vine. I don't have any grapes with me right now. Christ is the vine. A branch on a grapevine does not produce plums or peaches, and it doesn't just sit there looking into the sun, basking in the sun. In fact, if it just sits there and 
basks in the sun and does not produce the same fruit that the vine wants it to produce, the vineyard keeper will come along with his pruning shears and cut it off and throw it into the fire. Right? What is the fruit that Christ came to this world to produce? Is it not a people? Is it not a saved people? Did Christ not come to this world to be Savior of the world? Is that not his call? Is that not his purpose? Is that not his mission? To produce a people. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. A people, a following. Was that not his mission, his call, his work, his effort, his, his vision to produce a people of saved people, a headed for heaven people, a people who had been set free from their sin by his sacrifice on the cross. Is that not why Jesus lived in this world? Isn't it why he came to this world? He is the vine. He is the trunk. His mission is our mission. His vision is our vision. His purpose is our purpose. We are branches on the vine. We exist to do the very same thing that he existed to do. We are called in him to do what he did. Can I hear an amen? I understand. Not a real loud amen. Not a real happy amen. It's sobering. It's it's pretty serious. It's not a giddy amen. Oh boy. It's a a sober amen. That's true, brother. You're telling the truth. You're saying the truth. Wow, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome truth. There are a lot of people broken on the Jericho roads of our lives. They need somebody to stop there. We're not saviors because we're not the trunk of the plant. We're not the, we're not the vine. We're not the, we're not the saviors. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We are not the saviors, but we are to be instruments of salvation. Instruments. The hand of the Lord. I invite you now. I have said enough for three Sunday mornings in a row. Oh my. Brother Brian, be quiet. Would you like to come and pray? Would you like to come and seek the Lord? Would you like to come and pray that you do God's mission and you fulfill your call as a branch on the vine? That God would enable you to have the conduct, the character, the conduct, and the converts, the feelings, the feats, and the followers, the demeanor, the deeds, and the disciples, the fruit, the fruit, and the fruit. I invite you to come forward. Can we have the singers, please? Let's seek the Lord for a few minutes this morning before we close. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ yet, he wants you to be grafted onto him. He wants you to be connected to him, to become part of him and become his child. Come and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He'll direct your path in life.
He'll be with you and help you. 